what Keep Kids Alive is all about. It's all about preserving relationships. You're listening to the Keep Kids Alive podcast. In this episode, we're doing something special to end the year. We've brought back some of our guests to talk about what they've accomplished this year, despite so many pandemic-related challenges. And we're looking ahead with hope for the new year while honoring the legacies of those we've lost. Before we get to that, let's go back to when Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 got its start. To put it simply, founder Tom Everson says he was out for a run one morning in 1998 when the phrase popped into his mind and he soon had a sign made and placed in his yard so he could see how drivers reacted. And we started walking our neighborhood and knocking on doors. And we probably went to about 160 houses just to get feedback from our neighbors about did they think that a yard sign campaign would be something they'd want to participate in. And only two of those people that we um, visited with were just out and out negative. Like you can never change people's behavior. This will never work and everything. And I kind of look at a lot of these things from a parenting perspective uh, sometimes is that, okay, if 158 out of 160 interactions went well with our kids, I would be delighted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to claim that <laughs> we have that kind of success rate, but it was just good to hear positive feedback. One of the people I met along the way uh, lived a couple blocks from us. And when he opened his door, he just said, well, I know who you are. And I wasn't quite sure what he meant or what he was going to do, how he's going to respond. But the next thing he said, he says, you're that guy with the sign in your yard. He said, oh. every time I drive by your house, I put my brakes on. And, you know, it was a good illustration. It's a good anecdote in terms of uh, recognizing that uh, Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 on the neighborhood level. It's simply about uh, reminding yeah. ourselves of uh, the need to slow down and pay attention to what's going on around us. the years, Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 has grown to become a safety awareness campaign in neighborhood communities nationwide and overseas. In one community in particular, these past few years, Christy Nielsen and Lisa White have been working on a walking trail project with Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 to honor the memory of Tristan White, a teenager who was killed while running along a gravel road in Trainer, Iowa. That first meeting with you and and probably the run too, just to kind of reel us in and get involved. And, and we truly kind of saw what a difference it could make for, for our family. And then for some of the stuff that we're doing, I, cause I don't know that I would have ever pursued a trail or even a group and trainer had I not came in contact. I don't know what I would have done. Like you got to take the energy you have and do something with it. But it, it was keep kids alive that gave me the direction and where I needed to, to head from there initially. And I, I don't know what I would be doing. I, I don't know what direction I would have went. Otherwise, I'd, I feel like this is the right one, though. So it, it was because of that first meeting and, and Christy's friend finding the run, because I had honestly never heard of when it doesn't happen to you or you're not directly affected right then, you don't you don't know what's out there. As Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 has expanded, it has also connected numerous families who've lost loved ones who died as a result of a traffic incident. For Beth Norris, whose son, Nate Lefebvre, was killed in a crash, one example of this is the Live Forward Run to Remember weekend at Pikes Peak. 
Beth and countless others have run up the mountain while carrying the names of more than 170 loved ones on the back of their shirts. So the event in Colorado just, to me, it's just like the weekend that I can just say, I'm normal this weekend because everybody around me is in the exact same boat. And it's a weekend of a lot of healing and a lot of tears and a lot of hugging and a lot of accomplishment. And just um, it brings people closer together who where there's there's not an event that I know of that is made to bring families together like this. So it's a it's very unique in that. And so I find it very healing to be around the other other families and to be at the Pikes Peak event. First, some moving forward includes raising awareness for safer roads. Rob and Sherry Reynolds created the Car Alliance for Safer Teen Driving to share their oldest daughter's story. Katie Ann Reynolds was 16 when she was killed in a crash involving a distracted teen driver. If we could save one person from the kind of pain that we were going through, whether it be a, a parent or um, some other significant person to the person who dies, we wanted to make sure that we could do that. And so the genesis of CAR was really right there. Jerry Lynch, founder of the Connor Lynch Foundation, knows the importance of sharing stories for healing and moving forward while advocating for safer roads. It's a difficult task that she carries out knowing she represents so many others impacted by tragedy. There are many, many people that I know that, that can't do that because it's, it's, it's hard. You're sharing that story all the time. You're making yourself vulnerable. It takes a toll. So behind every advocate are thousands of people that have lost loved ones that just can't talk to another person that, that, you know, for whatever reason, they're not able to do that. And that's always really something that I think about because there's just so many people who have lost loved ones. That's why I'm hoping that even the advocates that I know and that we all work together, we come together on a national level and it's getting there. We're getting there that we can be more powerful and that we can have more impact. And that's the goal. Giving a voice to the victims is the mission of Tiffany Stanfield, who founded Fighting Hard, which stands for hit and run driving, in 2017, as she grieved the loss of her sister, Jamika Stanfield. So I started doing research on my sister's case and uh, really trying to understand the dynamics of her case and the dynamics of hit and run driving as a whole, because I, I just simply didn't know enough about it. And having a research background led me down a path of uncovering several cases of pedestrian fatalities involving hit and run driving with a specific focus of hit and run driving. And I realized in that moment that there was a need here beyond my sister's case. And because of that, I decided that I wanted to become a voice for every victim that didn't have a voice for families that have been impacted by hit and run driving. Despite a pandemic that canceled many fundraising events and postponed speaking engagements, all of these advocates have been busy making progress toward their goals. Take a listen as board members Doug and Sherry Troop describe how it has been and their hopes for the next year in a conversation with Tom and Jackie Rowan. 
Well, I, you know, I, I think that uh, 2020 has been a challenging year. We haven't had uh, the uh, events and activities that we had planned to to hold and to get out our message. But you know, we've been using social media like so many other organizations have, and we've continued to reach folks around the nation and continue to educate them about the problems and issues associated with distracted driving. So we're thankful that in the middle of this, we've we've been continued to get the message out and to to reach folks. So one of the highlights of this year, I think, is the is the partnership with General Motors that's come about as a result of the podcast themselves. And GM has uh, has graciously agreed to invest a significant amount of money to help us continue and grow our programs in St. Louis, in Phoenix, and in the Detroit area. So we're really thankful for that. Unless there's a loss of life of someone's family member or friend, most people don't pay any attention. And I, I would like to think that changes. We get our message out there that people would see that this is not a statistic, that it's about a real person and it's a, it's real families being devastated. We need our unicameral, the legislature here in the state of Nebraska to focus on, you know, all every other state has such a law. Yet here in Nebraska, we do not. And so one of the things I would like to see happen would be for the state of Nebraska to get serious about the issues of texting while driving and distracted driving and to pass a law, primary offense that would, you know, uh, be cause for an officer to pull a drive over if they um, watch them text while driving. So that's something I would like to see happen. The use of a cell phone while driving, whether it's talking or texting has become an epidemic across our nation. And we have to take actions to educate and make the public aware of the dangers, of the risks of engaging in behavior. And as an insurance agent and a mother that's buried a child, it's evident every day when I have people walk in the door and uh, have had accidents and a lot, a lot, a lot of rear end accidents. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know why you didn't stop. Despite the challenges that are out there, I think one of the consistent invitations, and it's not an invitation we're going to get in the mail or somebody's going to call us up and say, I invite you to do this. But the invitation that is always out there is to find like-minded people, to find allies, to find partners, to help move these uh, legal concerns forward. Uh, because those legal concerns, they, they simply aren't, you know, written words on the book. They are written words that reflect the reality of uh, the lives of families all across this country and really throughout the world as well. And uh, we, we really need to put that front and center that we value life to the point where our legislation would uh, reflect what we know and what we believe. Uh, we need to practice uh, on and along roadways, whether behind the wheel or as a passenger or as a pedestrian or as a cyclist. conversation, Ford Driving Skills for Life instructor Mike Speck explains how this year was also full of opportunities to examine driving behavior. Public speakers J.C. Good and her husband Steve Johnson also share what they've observed. The other uh, big highlight that I've enjoyed this year is kind of watching how people in terms of their driving behavior have adapted to what's going on. And 
it seems like we're reaching this this crucial point right now. It's been going on for the last few weeks. We'll say three to four weeks where the initial lockdown restrictions slowly started to see more traffic. And you could tell through driver behavior that people literally, some people, not everybody, but some people just weren't used to driving again. And uh, and I'm an avid cyclist, and I was really enjoying that period when there weren't many cars out on the road. And I'm finding that that bicycle driver share the road idea is becoming more critical now than than it ever has. And that's been kind of a, a cool thing to watch take place. It's been tough to find highlights. I mean, we want to be out there making an impact aside from the fact that it's how we make a living. Like it just, we, we miss the fulfillment of it, but we, we finally are starting to see things kind of turn that corner. Um, where I think schools now that they've been doing whatever, whatever form school has been for them, they've been doing it for a little while now and they're like, okay, we can do a virtual assembly or maybe it's a few people in the room and we'll stream it to the rest of the school, things like that. The thing that means most to us, you know, on a day to day is, is getting out and trying to make people a little bit safer. NHTSA said road fatalities are up 30%, even though there's way fewer drivers on the road. National Safety Council tells us that cell phone usage is up 40% in the car. And I've seen it. It's terrifying to see someone on Zoom showing up and how we are so inattentive to the world around us. And I guess... Our phones have been lifesavers in this time, but we got to remember to make that divide. The Fort Driving Skills for Life program obviously is geared toward teens, but it's also geared toward parents teaching their teens. And so I, I think one of our overarching messages is that driver behavior absolutely has an impact on the success and failure of your endeavor to drive safely. And so making sure that you understand that your decision-making process is an important process and the driving equation is, is critical. And we also want teens and parents to understand that we view driving as an evolutionary process. It's, it's not something that uh, you learn one time and that's it. It continues to change and evolve as the person driving changes and evolves. Uh, certainly, I'm not the same physical driver that I was when I was uh, younger. Uh, I just don't have the physical attributes that I did when I was in my 20s. But uh, I think I probably make better decisions now when I drive. And ultimately, that, that helps me to be safer. You know, we got to look out for each other and we got to listen to the science, whether it's Putting on a mask, it's not a political act. It's trying to take care of each other or putting down your phone. We know there is no safe way to use a phone when we're in the car. We're missing out on the life right in front of us. we got to pay attention, especially when we're on the road. I just want people to remember that pain can turn into trauma and you can carry that for the rest of your life as uh, people like JC and I do and far too many people do. So, you know, we head to the holidays. We, we want to be with our families. We want to make smart decisions at the same time. And, you know, you just got to remember the people that you love and that everyone else around you loves other people too. And we don't want to, we don't want to hurt anybody unnecessarily. 
You know, I want to uh, express my gratitude for how you hold that trauma, uh, JC and Steve, because, you know, to me, I, I really believe that you hold that trauma in such a way that it invites other people in, in ways that get us to reflect upon our own behaviors and our own ability to help make roadways safer, not only for our own benefit, for the benefit of our passengers, for the benefit of cyclists, of pedestrians, of everyone who's interacting uh, in and around roadways. And so, you know, I think that that's a, a critical and a special gift uh, that is born out of, of the trauma that you have experienced and carried so well for the benefit of so many. You know, I think of spring training with baseball and some people wonder, might wonder, well, why can't you just jump into the games and everything? It's like, well, you know, you've got to loosen up those arms. You've got to kind of get back that muscle memory for getting ready for the season ahead. And, you know, this pandemic has put us in a, a situation where, you know, as we uh, gradually ease back onto roadways and uh, remind ourselves and our bodies and our minds about, okay, these are the skills that I need to be putting into uh, to practice. And it's going to take a while to kind of get that, uh, that rhythm back. For sure. Driving is a perishable skill. It's not like quite like riding a bike. I mean, it is in some ways, but that level of ability to focus mentally on the task of driving, that's perishable. Uh, it, it requires practice. And a lot of people don't realize that being aware, uh, what we typically call situational awareness is so much of that equation of safe driving included with that driver behavior and decision-making. Uh, and as JC and Steve have pointed out many, many times when you're distracted, that takes away from your ability to have that situational awareness. You may be doing something completely untoward and not even realize it. You'll have no memory of doing something wrong because you didn't realize you did something wrong because you weren't focused on it. Uh, so that, that ability to focus again, though, is, is perishable. I've been amazed at uh, how many people I've heard from around the country that are paying more attention to what's happening on their neighborhood streets because we've had several uh, campaigns that have uh, been initiated on the local level just because people were home and they just weren't aware of, of what was going on. And we even had a law firm in Indiana that uh, has adopted us to uh, try to help open up some Indiana communities uh, to uh, the work that we're doing. and like, well, where did that come from? <laughs> but, uh, but it's good that uh, those opportunities have, uh, have emerged from all of this and hopefully we'll be able to capitalize on that ourselves. Each conversation we've had this year has been full of memories, love, and compassion. We want to thank you for listening to these stories. We'll bring you more in 2021. If you'd like to support the mission of Keep Kids Alive Drive 25, go to keepkidsalivedrive25.org slash donate. So long. Bye. Bye, guys. Take care, everybody, okay? Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, take care and stay well. 